Chapter 7 Gun? What gun? Rachel yelled. Something stung my bare belly. He's got a BB gun. He could put someone's eye out with that. Rachel cried in outrage. Yeah, mine, I said. I closed one talon over the cube. It was too big. I used both talons. I could hold the cube, but I could barely stand. I flapped like a madman and managed to fall off the desk, still holding the cube. Okay, now he's kicked me off, Rachel said. Don't hurt him, I said. He's just an innocent bystander. Innocent mine. I flapped hard and scooted along the carpet toward the door. Rachel did a little better, but once in the hallway, her wings hit the walls with each stroke. Oh no you don't, David yelled. Give me back that blue box. Off we went. Two dragging, scuffling, staggering, BB-stung birds. One hauling a blue box. Followed by an outraged boy yelling and firing a very lifelike gun. Down the hall. Ow! Look out! Give me back my box! Down the stairs! Ow! Hey, watch it! Give me back my box! Through the empty family room where the TV was on, showing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whoa, I forgot to set the VCR! I said. We're missing Buffy! Ow! Oh man! I am so going to find a way to hurt this kid tomorrow at school. Rachel threatened. I'm going for the sliding glass door. Distract him while I get it open. Distract him? By doing what? You figure I should do my Lord of the Dance impersonation? Rachel grabbed the sliding glass door handle with her beak and yanked. David ran straight for me. Straight for the box. I could either jump up and rake his eyeballs or give up the box. But David was not a controller. He was not an enemy. And even I don't think you can just go around tearing into innocent bystanders. I jumped back from the box. The door slid open. And Rachel and I flapped across the back lawn, over the pool, above the fence, and out of there. Yeah, don't come back either, David yelled as he fired off a final BB. I am so not looking forward to explaining this to Jake, Rachel said. A hawk rose up to join us. Tobias? Yeah. Man, that was a bad bump I took. I was having this weird dream. I was trapped in the conservatory with Professor Plum. So, how'd everything go? Chapter 8 It was not our finest hour. We backed off, regrouped, and decided to try again the next evening after David had calmed down. We still had to get the blue box back before dealing with the much bigger problem of how to save the leaders of the free world. Plus, I was supposed to be doing a makeup science paper to replace the paper I'd forgotten to do last week. The next day was another school day. You know the routine. Get up way too early. Shower. Dress. Stand around waiting for the bus with the usual collection of dorks. Try to cram for the first period test while the bouncing bus bruises your butt bones. Then, it's that first sight of the school building, followed, in my case at least, by a sinking sensation. Then, you spot some cute girl who hasn't called you Beavis yet, and you start thinking, 
Okay, I guess it can stand another day. Homeroom. Class. Class. Lunch. The long wait in line as the aroma of something dead wafts toward you. Brussels sprouts? Eggplant? No, it's cauliflower. You said your name is Marco, right? I swiveled around but continued to push my plastic tray along the line. It was David. I jerked like a guilty perpetrator being questioned by Lieutenant Sipowich. Yeah, Marco, I said. David, right? He nodded. Then he looked at the food steaming and reeking. The food was better in my last school. That would pretty much have to be true. It couldn't be any worse. Not unless your last school was a prison. He didn't laugh. He just looked at me kind of intensely. I don't have any friends here yet. Something really weird happened to me yesterday. Very weird. Want to hang? Sure, so what? Cauliflower or green bean casserole? The lunch lady asked me. Come on, little Marco. Let's keep it moving. The casserole, definitely, I said. It sounds so French and all. I turned to David and said, You know the English word for casserole? Slop. Again, no laugh. We got our food and threaded our way through the boisterous zoo that was the lunchroom. There were a couple of empty tables at the far side of the room. I sat down. David sat across from me. I had to act cool, not too interested in his story. It was easy because I basically knew all about it. Remember that blue box I showed you yesterday? I pretended to think. Yeah, now I do. Yeah. He leaned forward. Last night, someone tried to steal it, and you'll never guess how they did it. Trained birds. Say what? Two birds flew in my bedroom window and tried to get away with the box. Fortunately, my cat, Megadeth, went after one. You named your cat Megadeth? I just wish my snake had been out of his box. He's had his venom taken out, but I bet it would have scared those birds. Snake? Yeah, he's really cool. He's a cobra. You're not even supposed to be able to own them. But my dad got it for me. He goes overseas a lot. He's a spy, but don't tell anyone. This was getting to be a lot to absorb. A cat named Megadeth, a cobra, and a father who was possibly a spy? Okay, I said. Look, I know it sounds weird and all, but those birds were not ordinary birds. One of them opened a sliding glass door. It was an eagle, I think. Why would anyone want to steal that blue box? He shook his head. I don't know, but it must be valuable, right? Or else why would someone go through all the trouble of using trained birds? I nodded. Makes sense. Yeah, right. Makes perfect sense. Burglar birds. There are times when I realize my life has gotten so insane that I can't even be sure what is truly insane. Anyway, I bet it's worth a lot of money, so I'm going to try and sell it. That sent a nice chill up my spine. Sell it? Yeah, I posted a for sale notice on a couple of webpages last night, after all this went down. I described it, and I described those symbols, the ones that look like foreign writing. This morning, before school, I checked, and there was already an answer. Some guy says he wants to see it, 
He says he'll pay good money. Says he'll go anywhere, anytime. That did more than give me a chill. That stopped my breathing for about ten seconds. You did what? I'm thinking I should have some backup, you know? Someone to cover me, in case anything goes down. You're the only guy I know here. You didn't give this guy your address, did you? David smirked. I'm not a moron. The guy could just rip me off while I'm stuck here at school. He shook his head and gave me a sly leer. I set it up on a timer so the email with my address won't go out till right before I get home. It's on automatic, I said. He nodded. I send the email, the guy comes over, and I give you 10% for helping me out. Good plan, I said as calmly as I could. But inside, I was having a very different thought that went something like, You idiot freak! Do you know who is going to show up looking for that box? Of course, I didn't say that. I spotted Jake heading over in my direction. I gave him a small shake of my head, and he turned away. David rattled on, telling the story of the bird invasion, then moving on to plans for spending the money he was going to make. But I wasn't listening. In a couple hours, the email was going to be sent. And very, very soon after that, David was going to get a visitor he didn't want to meet. I sat there, looking at David, and thinking, how in the world am I going to save your life? Chapter 9 I told Jake later during class. He jerked upright, said a word you really shouldn't say in class, and was sent to discuss the matter with the principal. I spent part of the afternoon finding an opportunity to tell Rachel and Cassie. I had to wait till they were together. Cassie has a calming influence on Rachel. One thing was clear. We didn't want that email going out. Which meant I was going to be missing the last two periods. Jake made the final decision between 5th and 6th period, by my locker. Do it, he said. Bail, and get that kid's computer. Kill that email. He may have security on it, a password, I pointed out. Maybe I'll swing by and try to get Axe to come along. Jake nodded. You're not going to have much time. Better haul. You can use my notes from class later. Thanks, I said. But I think I'll use Cassie's notes. Yours will be all covered with doodles and pictures of jets and tanks. I know how to get up to the roof of the school, and, fortunately, no one was up there. I shoved my outer clothing into my backpack. I'd have to get it later. In five minutes, I was in the air. I knew I was on a desperate life-and-death mission, but that couldn't totally erase the absolute joy I felt pushing off from the school roof and feeling the air beneath my wings. I mean, I'm sorry but haven't you ever sat in school wishing you could zoom off into the wild blue? It was just so cool. As long as I didn't consider the possibility that the school might call my dad. That took away a little of the pleasure. Plus, the possibility that before this day was over, I'd be fighting Visser 3. And yet, it was a mostly sunny day, with some huge cumulus clouds piled miles high in the sky and the warm air radiating up off the ground lifted me effortlessly higher and higher. Higher and higher, till the houses looked like shoeboxes, and cars looked like matchbox toys. I turned toward the distant line of forest. It wouldn't be easy finding Axe. He kept out of sight during the day. We were worried some deer hunter would spot him and try to shoot. Or worse, 
that some controller might spot him and know what he was. Now I began to realize that the breeze was blowing against me, which meant slow going. But Tobias had taught us that sometimes, altitude makes up for ground speed. See, if you get high enough, you can use gravity to let you swoop long distances, even against the wind. It's like climbing to the top of a really tall slide. Even if the wind is against you, you can slide to the bottom. I rolled a thermo up and up, as high as I've ever flown. I don't know how far, but far enough that I spotted a small private plane at my same altitude. I took aim on the forest, and it went into a long, gentle glide that eventually brought me to my target. Axe hangs out in about 10 square miles of forest. You have any idea how much forest that is? A lot. That's a lot of trees. My osprey eyes saw everything, down to the beetles and worms down on the dead leaves. But even I couldn't see Axe. Not for a long time. Too long. Now I was nervous. Now I was definitely nervous. I'd been in Mort for over an hour, and even when I found Axe, I'd have to fly all the way back to... A flash of movement below! A deer. No! Not a deer. Not unless deer were turning blue. I spilled air and headed down. Axe! Axe! Is that you? It's me, Marco. He stopped running. I was close enough now to see one stalk eye swivel up toward the sky and focus on me. Shouldn't you be in school? He asked. What are you, the truant officer? I need your help. Do you think you could get past whatever security someone might have on a PC? Axe laughed. Then he stopped. Oh, you are serious. I assumed you were making a joke. I am making an effort to recognize human humor and respond appropriately. Uh-huh. I landed pretty well on a fallen log, digging my talons into rotting wood and exciting a bunch of termites. So, can you do it? Of course I can do it, Axe said. A human computer? I know you don't mean to insult me, but really, even asking the question is an insult to any Andalite. I sighed. Whatever. You need to morph. We need to haul butt. What is the problem? Axe asked. But he wasn't wasting time. He was already melting, shifting, morphing. It's the blue box. If I'm right, in about an hour, Visser 3 is going to get an email offering him a chance to buy it. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, don't have too much to say here. I did get a cool review, so let's read that. This was sent in by Black Wizardry, uh, who wrote this review titled So Nostalgic in Many Ways. My dude really takes care in finding music that not only relates to the subject matter of each book, but is also timely and appropriate to the age group that these books used to appeal to. Michelle Branchman? Dang, my chest. Uh, thank you so much for the review, Black Wizardry. Um, apologies, I don't think that trend continues after that first book. Uh, uh, try our best. Uh, that's, that's all I can say. Um, definitely pulling from all sorts of different eras um, and genres uh, moving forward. There's a lot of books to cover. And I didn't really listen to music that much uh, in the 90s and early 2000s, so 
I don't think I even picked out the Michelle Branch one, to be honest. I think I asked my friends on Facebook and someone suggested it to me. And I was like, this feels about right. Um, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Hope you stick with us, even if uh, the music uh, no longer is era appropriate. Um, and, and thank you to everyone who's ever sent me music suggestions. I've used a lot of them um, for most of these books. There's, there's a handful that are my own music choices. But for a lot of these, um, it is you, the listeners, who have uh, sent these in to me. So thank you so much. Other than that... Uh, I, I don't have anything else to say because we are once again in the summer months and I am sweating recording this by turning off my fans. I keep two fans on me like at all times because I don't have central air in this place, though I am trying to move soon, so we'll see. But, uh, see, I'm, I've already lost my train of thought. Where was I? Yes. If you'd like to leave a review, just get on Apple Podcasts and do that. However, Apple Podcasts works. I don't, I don't use Apple products. They're very, they're, if you don't have an iPhone, I think a lot of their products are very hard to use. That's just my opinion. And I don't have an iPhone. Um, so there's that. But, uh, I do read the reviews on the site. So send those in if you'd like. Um, oh man. Can you can you tell that like my brain is kind of all over the place right now? Uh, like wow, uh, real ADHD hours. Okay, focus. We talked about the reviews. Let's talk about how you can get in contact with me outside of reviews, which is through Gmail at audiomorphscast at gmail on Tumblr audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, on Twitter at audiomorphs, and of course my website theapocalypse.com. That's theapocalypse. Like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. And over there you'll find all the other stuff I do, which at this point is mostly just one other podcast, a rewatch podcast, me and my friend Jesse do, uh, where we just rewatch shows, currently rewatching Riverdale in the middle of season, season three. It's real wild up in there. Uh, Riverdale's a crazy show, and we're having a good time, and uh, maybe you will too if you listen. It's really mostly just for our friend Jackson. I think they are the only person who actually listens to our show right now. I mean, it's really just for us, you know. But if you'd like to join in uh, and listen, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate that. Um, do do I say anything else in these parts? I can't remember, so I'm just gonna leave. Um, if if I normally say other stuff, then you know you can listen to a previous episode where I where I did say it. Uh, so thank you for listening, and uh, I will see you all next week as we continue to get into the David Saga. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. We fight.